This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Weekly Podcast for the week of August 27th. I'm your host, Lam Lou. Um, we're going to clear out the mailbag today. And uh, joining me to do so is Colin Connors of um, the Raptors Reaction Podcast Summer League. You know, you and I dutifully recapping all those games where, um, I don't know. <laughs> it feels really weird because Raleigh Alkins is not even on the team anymore. But um, welcome back to the pod, man. Yeah, happy to be here. It definitely does feel like a bit of a wasted experience talking that much about Raleigh, but who cares? The Bulls got a steal on him. So. Yeah. Also, who cares? I mean, the Raptors got Kawhi, so uh, I no longer yeah, care exactly. about any other wings on the Raptors. Um, <laughs> let's start here. You've been doing this post throughout the season or uh, throughout the summer. That's been really great. If you haven't seen it, check it out on Raptors Republic. Um, just It's called Pickup Season, where you're basically breaking down um, the tape that we're getting from you know these various workouts in the summertime usually it's a ucla run with rico hines which you can check out all the highlights of those on youtube um you're cutting them up and um you know you're really showing where players are making improvements and what's you know uh, been good so let me just ask you about that like who has really stood out to you um from those workouts uh i'd say first one would definitely be pascal he's at he's like a gym rat he's at like every single one of those things even like back in like may he'd be there by himself playing with like all these guys just running pick and rolls for harden and just being his clink capella man and he's showing everything like uh it usually depends on what team he's on like i think this past week he, uh, in the next post i'm doing he's on the same team as westbrook and marvin bagley so he just ne- never gets the ball but when he's like like one of the focal points of the team like the other day he killed julius randall he was like taking him off the dribble for pull-ups. He hit an open three. He took him in the post. He beat PG in the post. Like there's days where he looks incredible. And when the whole bench mob goes, like he honestly like leaves the break all the time and finds guys for shooters. Like you can see like the the point forward stuff there. And the other one's Norm. Norm's actually like yeah. I know it's his practice runs, so he's definitely uh, pretty familiar with those considering considering how many he's probably put up you know in the hundreds of thousands of shots in that gym so he knows those rims pretty well but he's playing well like he's every game he has a bunch and like it's stuff that translates to the league like he's hitting his threes like it looks smoother than it did it looked a bit herky-jerky last year especially once he came back from the injury and like he's taking guys off the bounce he's he looks athletic like he looks like the normal we thought we were getting at the extension so hopefully that's a positive sign 
Yeah, I mean, look, he blocked Russell Westbrook on um, like a post up where Westbrook tried to shoot over him. Norm's got those crazy long arms. And then there's also that one highlight that really went viral on Twitter where um, Norm kind of had Paul George leaning on a crossover. Mm. And uh, I think he either pulled up or he went by him and scored. But um, yeah, there's, I mean, look, you're, we're only ever seeing the highlights of those runs. So it's hard to take too much away from them. But I think the overall thing is that it really does show like, the commitment of these guys, like especially the bench mob, two years in a row going to, um, you know, down to LA and going through these runs all the time. Pascal, as you said, is like definitely the leader of the group in terms of just how hard he's working. Like, there's like videos that come out like from a Monday run. Like, usually on the weekend, it's like more players are there because you know you want to be in LA in mm-hmm. the summertime during the weekend. But you know, on Monday he's there, Tuesday he's there. Um, we're even seeing like a second team of Raptors there. That was really funny for us. Um, some of the videos last mm-hmm. week, you saw like uh, Greg Monroe in, in his first appearance, I guess, as a Raptor. Um, you saw Malachi Richardson. You saw Jason Lloyd um, or Jordan Lloyd. Sorry. Um, I mean, there's oh yeah, and Lorenzo Brown as well. Like Gerald Henderson is randomly wearing a Raptors T-shirt. It kind of <laughs> sparked some intrigue there, but. Um, there's a lot to watch for uh, in those things. And, look, if you don't want to watch 17 minutes of just, you know, endless pickup run, um, you know, I suggest you check out pickup season, man. Yeah, that was basically my goal with it. I know I was, like, I don't know, I'm sure as you are, you're aching for NBA basketball. So I figured these videos are an easy way for fans to get something. And, like, 17 minutes, like, they, do, they don't do a great job making those videos efficient. So I figured it'd be a, an easy way to cut it up for Raptors fans. Yeah, for And sure. actually, Kay Felder was at the one the other day. Oh, that's like, right. The day after he signed. Yeah, so they uh, they got the whole crew out there. Even like Boucher, yep. Durag Abaco was that one the other day. Yep, looking real <laughs> slow. Try. Looking real slow. It's <laughs> Almost final. as slow as Greg Monroe. But. Oh my god, uh, we might have an issue with front court defense. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. So that aside, there's not that much to talk about in terms of pressing Raptor stuff. So I figure for once we'd actually get to all the questions that are asked in the mailbag. Um, we got 42 questions, so um, we we don't have to race through it, but um, yeah, some of them are going to be rapid fire, some of them um, are going to be longer, but we're going to touch on all the questions for once. So mm. let's start from this one. Very pertinent Raptors question from RapsFan1237, as loyal of a listener as anyone out there. As are, are boneless wings just chicken nuggets coated in wing sauce? Colin. Yeah, facts. They are. Yeah. I, I can vouch. I have, a, I have a friend that works at a wing store, and they're basically just like they make them in house, but it's just chicken wings. It's just uh, chicken nuggets shaped like chicken wings with wing sauce. That's really lame. That's really lame. Like, aren't you eating wings like for the consistency of the muscle? Like, you're not trying to have it all mashed up and put it together. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. All right. Well, um, now that we got that one out of the way, the next one comes from Pepinder. Do you think Masai will flip Kawhi Leonard before midseason trade deadline, just like Melo trade in Denver? I'm going to say no, but what conditions might lead the Raptors to give up on Kawhi Leonard midway through the season? Well, I, that would, I feel like that's only in the situation that it's like full-on disaster. Like They're like 23 and 19. Kawhi's not really like – doesn't look spirited. Lowry's pouting. Like – Things aren't going well, and I think like Masai is forward thinking enough to be like, okay, let's try and salvage some value here, and then because like obviously he's getting ready for the rebuild. If he could just get like Shade Gilgeous Alexander from the Clippers or something of that sort, and just like maybe get last year of Tobias and maybe try and re-sign Tobias, but like Tobias Harris. But other than that, like I'd say the only way is if it's like full on disaster, but uh, of a season. 
yeah, the dumping him to the Clippers thing is kind of a popular theory. Mm. I don't really know how much the Raptors are actually into Shea Gilgis Alexander. I know Mark Stein tweeted it um, shortly before the draft that the Raptors were really desperately trying to get him, and the Raptors never did. Um, and the Clippers at the time obviously were rumored to try to get Kawhi Leonard and you know, they just keep signaling their desperation with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, they fired Bruce Bowen over some random comments that he made, like, last season. Seems like a PR move, whatever. But um, the only thing I would say is that the Raptors getting another point guard would be kind of weird. But that being said, Shea is, like, really, really legit. Um, uh, I, I know, like, one game in the Crown League isn't um, the most indicative thing, but uh, like he made an appearance uh, this summer at the Crown League, and he was just dominating people. Um, he's mm-hmm. really crafty. His jumper is actually really strong. Um, defensively, he's really solid, and he's got great instincts. I mean, he's like DeLon Wright. Ah, he's pretty much already like DeLon Wright, except he's 19 years old and DeLon Wright's 26. So um, it's a nice base to, to start from, but I mean... Yeah, I, I really don't see the Raptors giving up on Kawhi Leonard that quickly. I think the Raptors are making all these concessions. Like, you know, they've hired his um, his, his buddy um, from the Spurs assistant staff, um, and, you know, he's, they've added him as an assistant coach. They've actually promoted him here, um, Jeremy Castleberry. And by all means, it looks like the Raptors have, you know, a lot riding on the line with Kawhi. And also, like, just from a personal perspective, like, Masai in that front office um, really did – basically stake the reputation on this so i don't even if they're like like as you mentioned like 23 and 19 at, at at the trade deadline or whatever like i don't see them giving up on that that quickly like even i think they're gonna try to stick it out to the end and if if it means like give, like losing out on expiring tobias harris which i, I don't even know if i want to give him a lot of money next summer even though he's <laughs> a solid player or um or shay like i, I don't know I'd, I'd rather try to make it work why so um, yeah i agree i was just um, next one, another one for Bipner. Um, do you think the Raptors need to keep Kawhi past the season, or what? What do you think the Raptors need to do to keep Kawhi past the season? A lot of uh, questions are on, along those lines, but yeah, win. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. He seems like a no nonsense guy, right? Like, what? What else are we really going to do to impress them? Really, like, I think the city and the fans are, are great, but ultimately, Kawhi has always been a guy who just wants to win. He's very professional about his business. <laughs> Yeah, because I think if, if he's, like, once he kind of sees how weak the East is, I think that's kind of going to sway his opinion a bit. And the only other place he could possibly leave for in the East would be Philadelphia, which, honestly, I don't really see too much of, like, a, like if, if the Raptors are, like, on par with the Celtics and the Sixers are still, like, kind of figuring it out, I don't see him leaving for the Sixers. And then if it turns out that the Lakers can swing away to get Jimmy Butler, that kind of gets rid of that possibility for Kawhi, so. Yeah. Yeah. And the Lakers are making a lot of noise. Like, hey, man, we can get anybody next summer, you know. Maybe we'll mm-hmm. try to get Clay or whatever. And it's like, all right, cool. We'll just take Kawhi. We're happy with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I think the Raptors do need to show that there's marketing potential here. Um, and we're not just talking about, like, GoDaddy commercials. Um, <laughs> you know, we got to show them something bigger than that. Um, and I think that's just for the agent side. But I think... In terms of just Kawhi, the basketball player, like I think the Raptors have the, the motivation and the, the players here, like the supporting cast, really, like they can really impress them. And I think they could honestly, like, their ceiling is like sixty plus wins. So if they reach that, I don't really see a reason why he want to get out of that situation, especially since the team is young. Um, but I also think that, like, from a family perspective, I think like 
I think he has a young daughter. I think he probably wants to spend more time with her. And I think Masai has done a really good job. I mean, this is kind of weird to argue this one way or the other, but Masai has done a really good job of like um, selling the idea of family, starting a family here, specifically in Toronto and specifically in Canada, you know, getting dual citizenship, things like that. Um, and you, you've seen it. Like every player that comes here has a child, like expands their family, right? Like, Terrence Ross, I mean, I guess he's not the best example, uh, but even Bruno had a kid, you know, Kyle had, you know, his kids here, DeMar had his kids here, CJ Miles had a kid, um, you know, like, it, it's a nice little family environment, and I think, especially with, like, also the political climate, like, I think the Raptors are smartly using that to their advantage, and really, it is an advantage, like, if you could give your child another citizenship, like, that's... It's good. It's, it's just more options and stuff. So I think Kawhi's done. Every, I think Masai's done a good job of selling the family part, and um, it's the rest of it is just like you said. Winning is definitely most important. All right, next one from Benjamin. Who will actually call the ACC Scotiabank Arena this year? I probably won't. If I'm being honest, it'll probably like take me at least until March to start uh, getting the knee jerk reaction to just say ACC. But I'm sure it'll catch on eventually. Like everyone's calling the D League the G League now, so yeah, it's, it won't take too long. I don't think. At least the G League sounds cool, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, Scotiabank Arena just sounds like anywhere. I don't know. It reminds me of that. I don't know. There's just It just feels like there's a lot of Scotiabank Arenas. Um, and ACC was a nice fit. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be the same thing as Skydome, though. Like, Skydome was, like, just a name, right? It wasn't, like, an ad. Uh, even Air Canada is an ad. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm very partial to Air Canada. It just fits nicely, you know? Like, it's Canadian. It's about people jumping. You, when you think ACC, yeah, you think about Vince Carter. Yeah. Yeah, well, at least it's better than some of the names in the league. Remember when the Kings were called, we played in the uh, Sleet Train Arena yeah. a couple of years back? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the Pelicans play in the, the Smoothie King Center. So, yeah. can't complain too much at Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, and they paid a ton. So, you know, the Raptors yeah. maybe use that money to pay the, the luxury tax in the year we got Kawhi Leonard. Um, next one. Jeremy Castleberry. <laughs> we gave the bag. We gave that Scotiabank bag to Jeremy Castleberry. That's how we keep quiet. You yeah. know, whatever. Um, the next one from Ian Lewis. Is there even a remote possibility of a Jimmy Butler trade to the Raptors at the deadline? Uh, I think there's definitely a better possibility of a Jimmy Bay Butler trade to the Lakers. But if the Raptors are like tearing through the East and they want to like really go for it, like the salary structure could work because like the Raptors have a lot of like middling contracts. I think Jimmy's only on like an 18 a year one right now. The Raptors could put together a package of like say like Danny Green and like Fred and that would match it cuz Danny Green's at 10 and Fred's at 8. So like it's plausible and especially if the Wolves like if Jimmy Butler's like kicking up a fuss and calling out Andrew Wiggins and like Towns every week, I could see them <laughs> wanting to pull play. Jimmy Butler's a hilarious player. I'll just say that much. I mean, I love him so much, but he just seems like such an asshole to play with. But like he's right though. That's the thing. He's right. Like he plays harder than anyone else, and he leads by example. He just really demands a lot of his players. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that, like, how much additional value does getting Jimmy Butler bring you? Because, like, Kawhi's going to be the primary guy, and then so Jimmy Butler's going to be a secondary guy, which he's done before. Like, he's played, you know, secondary fiddle to Derrick Rose, and, you know, I guess even now, like, between Towns and Wiggins, he's sharing a lot of touches there as well, even though he's the number one guy, but... Um, I don't really know how much additional value that brings, but um, I don't know. If it's like, you know, a prospect, a future pick, and then also Danny Green's expiring contract, and then, yeah, of course, I'm, I'm down for that. But um, I don't know. I just, I just feel like the Lakers might 
trump that with with the trade that they make this year especially since like look at that roster the lakers have like they have no centers they have a whole bunch of guys who can't shoot um no secondary stars around lebron like it's just weird like they they're definitely prime for a trade and i feel like after seeing Kawhi and paul george slip away from them like they probably want to secure butler yeah i agree um all right next one from chuck da vinci under what conditions do the Raptors trade Lowry or Ibaka at the trade deadline? I'd say that would just be the same thing as the Kawhi thing. Like, if it was, like, totally disaster, like, of a season. Mm. Otherwise, I don't see them moving off Lowry. Like, honestly, who would trade for Like, obviously, some teams would trade for him, but it's hard to, to find a team that would want $30 million of Kyle Lowry for two more years. Yeah. It's not great. Like, the, the team you could mm. probably trade Lowry for, like, in a, the best-case scenario is, like, Maybe you trade him to Memphis and flip him for Mike Conley if if Memphis decides to try to like get out of one year's worth of Conley's uh, max money. Like okay, maybe, but mm-hmm. no, nah, seriously, man. Like you're not getting great value back for Lowry, you know, as compared to what he's actually giving you. And like the Raptors want to win right now, so I don't really see them trading Lowry. Like Lowry would really have to, you know, be an idiot and like kick up a fuss and do all this other, you know, bullshit, which I don't really think he's gonna do. Um, Ibaka, I just think that, like, if they trade Ibaka, they need to get a big back because their front court is already quite thin as it is, and he's probably their best defender at five, although it's really debatable at this point. Um, you know, who knows what that do-rag's going to do for his defensive abilities? Probably not too much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. If they trade Ibaka, they got to get a big back, which, you know, this is probably the market to trade for a big. It's just I don't know who wants Ibaka at this point. Uh, next one from Ryan yeah. Davis. Sorry. Oh yeah, sorry. What were you gonna say? I, yeah, I think it's, it'd also be kind of hard to move Ibaka. Like he, he at oh, twenty yeah. plus million a year, he's a negative value asset. Like I don't think they'd want to move him because I feel like a team, even if they just like dumped him somewhere, they'd want to you know get something with it. Like they'd have to give up one of the young guys or a pick, which I don't think Masai wants to do, keep doing. Yeah, like look how hard it's been for Houston to get off Ryan Anderson, and like I I don't know, maybe Ryan Anderson is a little bit worse than Ibaka, but it's not substantial. So, and they've tried to move him for like a year and a half. Um, next one from Ryan. Who's the biggest beneficiary from playing with Kawhi? Uh, I'd say maybe Lowry. Like, we saw his numbers take a bit of a dip last year, especially like in usage, where like obviously Kawhi is going to have a high usage, but he's not nearly as heavy of an ISO guy as like DeRozan was. Like, you can actually like run Kawhi off screens and stuff like that and have like Lowry on the. Like the primary side running like a pick and roll with Kawhi coming off something the other side, kind of like what the Thunder do with like a Westbrook pick and roll while it, while George comes off something on the weak side. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll kind of it'll allow Lowry to kind of get back up to his normal usage. Yeah, you know what? I'm also going to say I think Jonas is going to really improve playing with um, uh, Kawhi just because now the Raptors have four good def- like defensive players around Jonas, like no weaknesses, mm-hmm. right? Like JV and DeRozan were like. They actually became better as teammates because they really worked up a rhythm offensively. Like, their pick-and-roll game last season was really, really um, stellar, in my opinion. But, like, defensively, DeRozan was just allowed a lot of guys to blow past him, and it was up to JV to defend 2-on-1 in the pick-and-roll situation, and he's just not great in that um, spot. But if you put Kawhi out there, all of a sudden, you're not getting as much, um, you know, penetration, and you're just getting JV just standing in the paint playing vertical he got a lot better playing vertical last season i thought um and also he's closer to the rim to get rebounds so i think it probably helps jv a lot more i think as well 
Yeah, I definitely agree. For like a team with no rim protection, it definitely helps to have uh, more guys that can just kind of keep the ball from getting like just stop their guy out in the perimeter. So it'll definitely make the job easier on like uh, JV. Yeah, for sure. And I think that probably opens up time for more minutes because all JV re- the two things holding JV back was like conditioning. Like he wasn't um, really conditioned to be a guy that could play uh, thirty five minutes a game. It just wasn't like he got tired really quickly. And then the other thing was defensively. Like he wasn't um, always defensive. Like, he wasn't always a great, you know, defender. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, if you're not having a lot of – if you have a lot – if you have Kawhi in front of you, like, I think you could probably play defense and stay on the court. And he could probably even touch, like, 28 minutes, especially since I think Nick Nurse really likes him. Maybe he gets a 30 for the first time in his career. Um, yeah, I could totally see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next one from Nanda Man. All right. At Finch Mannan. Cool. What's uh, what's one thing besides cold and taxes that Kawhi might find strange or dislike about the city of Toronto? Here's the thing. I think a lot of Americans just don't like coming to another country because all of a sudden you got to get, like, two sets of currency and you got to, like, know what a centimeter is. And <laughs> you got to know um, – I guess we use pounds here a lot too, but, like – I don't know, man. I just think that, like, Americans really like being in America, and they're not... They just generally feel uncomfortable when they're out of the country. Yeah, I agree. I think if Toronto was even, like, you know, if Toronto was where Buffalo was, none of the issues would be there. Like, Toronto's the fourth biggest market in North America, yeah. or at least in, in the United States. Like, I don't... I think besides an extra half an hour having to get through customs every, like, couple weeks, I think it's going to be fine. Yeah, and plus, look... With the way the NBA players go through customs is not like you, me, like me and Colin going through customs. Yeah, exactly. like we're not waiting in line with a stupid piece of paper while it's like twelve thirty in the morning and I'm tired of shit. No, it's like you fill out a form on the plane and you just like they they just give the person the card as you're leaving the plane. Like there's not that much of an additional wait. Maybe like once every like ten trips you have to like wait a little bit longer, but like most of the time it's a very streamlined process. Um. I don't know, man. People find that I think just Americans have a big issue not being in America. Like, I don't know. Like, Americans are just not generally speaking the most worldly people. Like, I feel like if you took, like, someone, a, a European player, like, they're used to traveling a, in Europe. So, like, they're just like, oh, cool. I'm in Canada now. It's not a big deal. Whereas, like, if you're American, you're like, ah, I probably never left the States that much. And so, whenever you leave, it's always, like, a big thing. Mm. Um, Next one from William Thompson. Excluding Boucher and Felder, the Raptors only have 14 on the main roster. Do you think we'll see some more training camp bodies still getting signed to compete for the 15th spot? Still hope for Bebe? I definitely think they'll bring in some more like people on Exhibit 10s and stuff, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they don't fill that 15th spot because the league only requires you to have 14, and we've already got the fourth biggest payroll in the league. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually were to fill that last spot would if it was just on the buyout market and like somebody wanted to pick up like you know last year's greg monroe or something like that so yeah it makes perfect sense like the raptors are going to be a team that players at the buyout market are going to want to come to there's already a history of this we saw it with oddly enough jason thompson um but even greg monroe right like he's a guy that specifically said look i took a little bit less money to come to toronto because i think there's an opportunity to win here and so once that market opens up, I could really see the Raptors, you know, getting a guy, especially a guy like a, like a big. Like, if we just got, like, I don't know, the Suns are like, oh, we're going to buy out Tyson Chandler and do right by him in the last year of his deal. Like, I would love to add Tyson Chandler at the trade deadline or 
you know, in the buyout market there for the minimum. Like it, it makes a lot more sense than signing whoever it is right now. Mm. Um, another one from Finch Manan. Shout out Finch Street. Um, when the eventual rebuild happens in a few years, uh, what type of contract can these players expect to get? It's specifically Pascal, Fred, um, Pascal and Fred, and I guess OG as well. Uh, I think they'll try and lock up Pascal pretty soon. Like, I've, like I think there's a lot of buzz around Pascal right now as like an, a dark horse or most improved player. Mm-hmm. And like, I think he's a little bit older. Like, he, he's 24. So if you could try and get him on like a four year extension right now, he'll like you'd have him for like basically the beginning of his prime. So like, I'd say they'll definitely try and do something like that. Like, and they'll probably try and do it sooner rather than later. So that way he doesn't you know develop to the point where they have to pay him that much more. And uh, with Fred, I don't know. This deal's two more years. Like, I could definitely see him getting a deal similar to this. I don't think he's going to be, like, a max guy by any means. I think he's just going to be getting paid, like, low-level starter money most of his career. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the nice thing with Fred is that this time around, it didn't have his full bird rights. Next, um, when his next contract is, uh, you know, up for debate or whatever, the Raptors will have full bird rights. Um, I think that's going to come in handy because I think the Raptors are going to operate above the cap for pretty much the next two years, it's looking like. And so, you know, you know, pay these guys. And look, Masai has a very long track record of if I develop this guy, I'm going to pay him. He doesn't lose guys like that. He just doesn't. Like, even Serge Ibaka. I mean, I guess they traded him specifically to resign him, but still, like, they even retain him, right? So they're going to retain these guys. They're all going to be restricted free agents as well, except for Fred, but with Fred, they have bird rights and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, and then in terms of money, I think I, I'm not really sure what the salary cap is going to look like, because I think with the NBA, like making more and more moves into sports gambling and stuff, like if they move into a sports gambling scenario, that's like similar to what, uh, you know, um, Europe has with, you know, soccer and things like that. Like, I think franchise values are going to, like, close to double. And so if, if that's the case mm-hmm. and they're bringing in that much more money, I think the salary cap's going to spike, and I think a lot of these guys might get paid depending on whether or not they can time their um, contract negotiations for when the cap spikes, but who knows. So it's hard to, it's hard to say. Um... All right, I'm going to skip one of those. This one from Michael. What differences can we expect uh, now that we have a new coach? I don't know. Man. Uh, most of Heaven most of Nurse's comments been that the offense is going to stay relatively similar. And honestly, if it's going to go any other way, it'll probably go more towards the pace and space style. Mm-hmm. And then defensively, like you can't really like say too many of the changes will be Nurse. I think a lot of the changes will just be personnel-based because you won't have to hide DeMar anymore. So I think a lot of it is just going to pretty well stay the same because apparently didn't – Monroe said uh, in his in- in his introductory interview, like on like TSN radio or something like that, that like he talked to Nurse and he said like the offense, a lot of stuff's going to stay similar to last year. So, yeah, I mean, why would he change that? Like Nurse got hired based on that offense, so uh, he's probably not going to change that. I think defensively, we're going to see a little bit more switching. Um, that's both personnel based and also sort of just what we saw in summer league. Like they switched a lot, like one through four, pretty consistently. Um, we saw. You know, OG slide up a position. Again, this is partly personnel as well, but I think, you know, they've discussed the idea of, you know, moving OG up to the four, which, you know, he can definitely do. Um, And so, yeah, we'll see more of that. But I think the Raptors are trending in that direction anyway. Like last season with the bench unit, like they switched a ton. Mm-hmm. And so, 
you know, when they have more wings out there and fewer bigs, I think they're definitely going to switch a little bit more as well. Um, yeah, I think they're definitely going to have some lineups that can, like, they're going to have their own, like, quasi-death lineup from, like, a defensive standpoint. Like, they could go, like, right, green, OG, Leonard, and, like, Pascal, and they could just switch, like, one through five, and, like, each guy's, like, between six, six and, like, six, nine. Like, they could, they could run out, like, lineups like that, so. True. All right, next one from Tommy. Um, how much credibility do you give the whole Jimmy Butler to L.A. thing, and does that truly affect Kawhi's chances of remaining a Raptor for more than next year? Uh, well, if, if Jimmy actually goes to L.A., the Lakers wouldn't have the cap space to go get Kawhi, so that would definitely uh, – I absolutely don't have any sources, so I can't talk to what talk about what the validity of it's like, but – I definitely want it to happen because it would make the odds of Kawhi staying like much greater. Because his the other, like Woj reported the other team he'd be interested in would be the Clippers. But like when it comes like July first and you got to commit to playing with like Shea Gilgis Alexander and Avery Bradley <laughs> or like coming like a fifty eight win Raptors team, I think he's gonna like I think he's gonna go with Toronto. Yeah, no, he's gonna sit down with Jerry West and we're like, all right, so we're in Los Angeles and Kawhi's gonna be like, that's great, I love that. And there's like, all right, but we're the Clippers and also we have. No real secondary players for you to play with. He's like, okay, Danilo Gallinari is going to miss 40 games a year, and he's going to make $20 million. It's like, oh, all right. Lou Williams is still going to be here, and it's like, all right, yeah, I'm just get me out of here. Yeah, no, Kawhi is, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think the primary thing for him going to L.A. is being close to family. Um, so I think if Kawhi, if, again, what I said earlier, if Masai can convince Kawhi to move a lot of his family up here to Toronto, which is a great place to raise a family, if you, especially if you can afford it, um, you know he's gonna be able to afford it. So, yeah, I, th- I think I think it's good. And in terms of Jimmy Butler to LA, you know the one thing I think LA might be looking at is this idea that they somehow signed Kevin Durant. And I don't know how much stock they're putting into it, and I'm sure they're gonna have a contingency plan. But it just seems like Kevin Durant wants this sort of redemption story, and if he's gonna get called a ring chaser and everything he does with the, with the Warriors is gonna be invalid and everything the Warriors do is invalid, like him leaving the Warriors, people are definitely gonna celebrate that. And plus him joining the Lakers with LeBron would be truly an incredible story um, of him you know, being a secondary player as he always is. Um, next one from Sarley. Do you think Nurse will continue using the Raptors depth as they did last season or do you expect them to shorten the rotation? I don't think there's any way he'd shorten the rotation. If there's yeah. a, if anything, he'd extend it because they have Moose, and I feel like Norm's not going to play as poorly as last year. So I, I could see them going 11 deep like every single night. Yeah. Look, man, I don't want to buy too much into these summer league workouts, but goddamn, Norm looks really good. He looks mm-hmm. really good. We kind of we kind of just forgot about Norm. We're all excited about him. Then he didn't have a role last year. I don't even know if he has a role this year, but he's good. He deserves some minutes. And uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really see why. Why would the Raptors shorten the rotation? Like, I think the Raptors have some older players like, um, like Serge, like Kyle, that they want to you know preserve a little bit more. Maybe even CJ as well. And with a deeper roster, like you can really give players days off. Um, especially even Kawhi, like he's coming off a year where you know he played nine games. Like I don't know if I can expect him to go in and play eighty two. And so, like, you want to use that depth to your advantage, especially since the Raptors bench just, like, smacks other teams, right? So I want to play them as much as possible, especially against other teams' benches. So I, I definitely don't see them short in the rotation. Another one from Surly, Highlander question. I don't know what that means. Um, there can only be one going forward, Fred or DeLon, should they move one? 
I, they always ask this. I don't really understand. Like, they, they worked really well together last year. I, I don't know if you guys noticed. Like, Fred and DeLon was a great combination. Fred or DeLon doesn't, is an arbitrary choice that we're forcing people to make, but uh, such as content in August. So who do you like more and which one should they keep? Personally, I like Fred more, but honestly, in the new NBA, like most teams are going to have three like primary ball handlers on the roster at any given time, like three guard lineups, and especially where uh, Van Vliet and Wright can both play the two competently. And Lowry, honestly, is probably better playing off the ball with like a Van Vliet because Lowry's like you know got arguably like a top five gravity in the league. Mm-hmm. So if you had to pick one, like like life or death. I'd go with Fred because he's two years younger, and like I, I just like Fred's game a little bit more. I like I don't know if Delon's shooting like we can totally trust it yet because it's only been one season and it was only at thirty six percent, whereas Fred's like a forty percent guy, mm-hmm. and he's not that much of a downgrade defensively. But I, obviously, like I think in actuality they're going to do everything they can to keep both of them. Yeah. All right. The next one from Unreal JT with Kawhi possibly being out for maintenance. How hard does Larry need to carry this team? Will he be worn down like when DeRozan was out? We have enough support from the bench and the starters. Um, I think one thing is Kyle Lowry is in way better shape than he was back in 2015 when he was carrying the team. So he wasn't like you know shaped like uh, Buddha, and you know it wasn't it wasn't great for him. Um, I don't know about how much Kawhi's me out for maintenance. I just like I said earlier, I think he's going to miss some games, but I think for the most part, the Raptors, as long as they get him healthy, um, it's both in the Raptors' interest and in Kawhi's interest to establish that he's healthy, especially going into a contract year. Um, you know, such as since Kawhi missed most of last season. So I think the Raptors are going to try to work him uh, and get him healthy as much as possible. And also, like, you know, the Raptors have really, over the last, like, four or five years, like, not been injury-prone. Like, they've been really, really solid. They've had guys miss, like, a month or whatever, but, like, that's about it. And their main guys have been healthy. And a lot of that just goes to the training staff, like Alex McKechnie. Like, he's really, really legendary in that regard. And I think... That's also another area where the Raptors might be able to impress Kawhi if, you know, they show him, hey, we have this regimen for you that's going to keep you healthy, you know, keeping you feel good. I think that's going to be a huge relief for him going into next season. Yeah, I agree. And especially that's something where the depth totally helps because, like, even, like, the high-minute guys on the team are only playing, like, you know, 33, 32 because we have, like, eight guys above 20 minutes a game and, like, 10 guys above 15 minutes a game. Yeah. Whereas, like, you're not going to be LeBron leading the league with, like, 39 minutes a game. Like, Kawhi will probably set out around, like, 33, 34. So it'll be way easier on his body. So I agree. I think that makes more sense, too, because I think, especially with the way that year that Kawhi got injured, like, he had that quad injury, and the Spurs didn't really diagnose it well. And he played through a lot of that season with it until he re-aggravated it in the playoffs. And, like... Part of the reason he re-aggravated it was because Kawhi was, like, playing ISO a ton because that team sucked. Like, the talent around him sucked. That's why he, That's part, probably why he wanted to leave. He's looking at the court. He's like, all right, I got Pau Gasol. He's, like, 86 years old. There's LaMarcus Aldridge who's going to pout anytime he's not the number one option because he has a huge ego problem, even though he's in his, you know, <laughs> mid-30s now. Um, there's Patty Mills who can do one thing and one thing only. Danny Green is okay Danny Green cool um Jonathan Simmons it's like yeah there's not a lot of options right so um Kawhi had to carry a lot of that team and I don't think he needs to as much on this one especially since there's a lot more spacing for him to operate so I don't know if there's going to be as much banking um as there has been in previous seasons with him anyway the next question comes from uh Atul J should the Raptors trade someone at the deadline for cap relief I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe like Malachi Richardson, if someone will take him. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I don't think 
though, no. Like, maybe if, like, some, if they can get some poor team to take on Norm, like, say Norm gets his value back, like, like, he's, like, he's obviously great, and, like, I love Norm, I'm sure you love Norm, but at this point, with, like, how many wings we have, he's a little bit redundant, and he's not that young, I think he's, like, 25, yeah. so if they could get someone to take on, that would clear the books a lot going forward. Yeah, if someone gives you, I don't know, best case scenario, protective first round pick for Norm, I think the Raptors are doing that. Yeah, no doubt. I don't think he's, there's enough opportunity for him to reestablish his value in that way, though, so. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next one from Surly. Is there one position you think is still lacking? Who would you target to realistically upgrade it? I think it's center. I just think that, like, defensively, I have a little bit more concern about center because, I, I don't know, man. You're picking between Surge, JV. Like, it's – those are nice, but, like, come on. Like, you're going to be going up against Embiid, Al Horford. Like, Giannis, you're going to need a strong rim protection presence. Like, I don't either. I don't feel entirely confident with either of those two. Uh, in terms of just how to improve it, I have no idea. <laughs> I guess just buy, get, go get Tyson Chandler when he's bought out for depth. Yeah, I think the Tyson, the Tyson Chandler one definitely because like I think we were second in the league in blocks last year, and Pirtle yeah. left, and Pirtle's was led the team in blocks. So like rim protection is definitely missing. And like if JV goes down, like we don't even actually have like a true center on the roster in any way. Yeah, like Monroe was like traditionally a four. And Ibaka's a four, and Ibaka's not a great rebounder. So if JV goes down, like I feel like we would definitely need like another like traditional five to like play spot minutes off the bench, just so we don't get killed on the rebounds. Yeah, for sure. Next one from Sandy. Who's more likely to bounce back this year, Norm or Surge? I'm gonna go with Surge, just because he has more minutes to do so. But I, I don't know. Norm looks way better in the summertime right now. Surge is just out here making food shows that like are unintentionally funny, and Norm's actually you know doing a lot of basketball stuff and he looks really impressive. So I'm going to, I'm going to say surge only because opportunity, but I, I really acknowledge that norm seems to be working more right now. Yeah. I'm just going to say surge because of the do rag and everything you said. <laughs> yeah. When, when surge comes back with waves, I mean, that's crazy. What hair does surge even have? Like what's he wearing for? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, next one from, uh, Janth. Um, Thoughts on this hot take. DeLon Wright is to Terry Rozier what Chris Middleton was to DeMar DeRozan. Who's the better player in this debate? Uh, well, I I think they're relatively on the same level, but I don't think you can actually make – I don't think the comparison is too apt because, like, middle, people said Middleton was better than DeRozan because he was more efficient because he had, like, an outside in game where, like, he shot more threes and whatnot, whereas, like, DeLon's arguably a worse shooter than Rozier. And then Middleton's also a much better defender than DeRozan, which provides a lot of value. But DeLon's a great defender, but like it's not like Rozier's a slouch. Like Rozier's a, like a, a net positive defender. So I don't. I like. I would say they're pretty even players. I, I don't think that's like the best way to classify it. Yeah, and look, look, I don't want to hype the Celtics players too much, but I do think Rozier might be better than DeLon Wright, man. I mean, like Rozier started in the playoffs and outplayed Eric Bledsoe, and like you know, it's whatever. Eric Bledsoe's Eric Bledsoe, but still, that's like an established player in the league. And, like, DeLon Wright, I guess you could arguably say that he had moments where he trumped Kelly Oubre and got the best of John Wall in a couple of possessions. But, like, nah, he didn't have to, to carry the same role. So, I don't know. I think if DeLon Wright had a little bit more of Terry Rozier's aggression, I think that would actually help his game a lot more. Because I think DeLon has more, but he's always so reserved. Um, I think it's just part of his personality. But, yeah. All right, next one from... Niam, um, if you saw the video of Norm dropping PG and Norm actually playing like it's the playoffs in the regular season, 
who will be taken out of the rotation for him? So I guess, I don't know taking out of the rotation, but who's going to lose more minutes to accommodate Norm? I, I think if it was going to be anyone, it would probably be CJ. Yeah. Because I feel like CJ and Danny are a bit redundant, like Danny Green, are a little bit redundant on offense, and we're, Green's a much better defender. If mm-hmm. CJ's only shooting like 38% from three, or like I think he shot 36 last year, and so did Danny Green. So like if they're providing like similar offensive value, I could see CJ falling like not like out of the rotation, but like down to like 10 minutes a game, and Norm jumping up to like 17 or something like that. Yeah. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.